to the Meditation Conversation, the podcast to support your spiritual revolution. I'm your host, Kara Goodwin, and today I'm joined by Maureen St. Germain. I'm so excited to have this conversation with Maureen. She is just a powerhouse of knowledge, a wealth of knowledge. She talks a lot about sacred geometry and the Merkaba. We talk about a special dispensation, a special dimension that she's been granted access to. And she shares some really valuable insights about our higher self connection and gives practical advice about how you can strengthen your own connection to your higher self, which there's really nothing more important than that. If you ask me to be able to have that contact, the wisdom, the guidance that we can get directly from our own higher self is truly a gift. Another thing we talk about in this episode is the matrix. And she gives some insights about what happens after death and how we can prepare ourselves if we don't want to be caught in the karmic cycle. So that is also very, very uh, valuable information that you want to take into account as you consider your spiritual evolution. So Maureen has over 25 years of experience in the area of mystical and sacred traditions. She's known as a practical mystic. She's a prolific teacher and facilitator of spiritual knowledge for contemporary life. As an internationally acclaimed Ascension teacher, Maureen has been granted access to a dimension that's been closed to most of humanity for eons, and she is a direct channel to Source. She's the founder of St. Germain Mystery School and Akashic Records International. Her annual program, the Ascension Institute, is a highly sought-after immersive training for evolving humans. Maureen is going to be a featured guest at the Sedona Ascension Retreat that's hosted by Suzanne Ross. I would love to see you at the Sedona Ascension Retreat. It's March 8th through 10th, 2024. I went to her retreat in the fall equinox and I had such a beautiful time that I want to make sure that you guys know that there's another opportunity coming up. In addition to Maureen, Suzanne's going to have amazing speakers like Bashar, Anita Morgiani, Wendy Kennedy, Michael Jaco, Ruben Langdon, Rob Gauthier, and many, many more. I highly recommend joining this great event in Sedona. Use code MEDITATION for 10% off your ticket. Go to SedonaAscensionRetreats.com to get all the info. And now, enjoy this episode. So welcome, Maureen. It is such a joy to have you here today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So can we start by talking about your personal evolution and how you became a spiritual teacher? Uh, yes, I was born a witch. And I always knew other things that no one else knew. I was I grew up in a family that was very unusual in that both my father was psychic. He didn't really talk about the information he got, but he was plugged in. And my mother was psychic and she did talk about some of the things that she would see ahead of time. Like she told my dad one one morning, I dropped that grandma uh, who lived next door died of a blood clot this morning. And grandma later that morning died of a blood clot. So see so stuff like that would happen. So that was my childhood. Then when I was an adolescent, I read Edgar Casey's work. And I was very excited to learn this material. And when I would come home and tell my mom what I was learning, she already knew. <laughs> <laughs> 
which was funny. I'm trying to impress her. I even one time tried to come home and I learned German today. And I said, I can count in German now. And she looked at me and she said, I inspire, drive. And I thought, oh man, you know. <laughs> anyway, so I grew up in a supportive environment that understood and accepted this as, a no as normal. They didn't support it as, okay, you've got this gift. But it was more like, this is how, this is our normal. And in my early years as a young mother, I imagined that I would be helping people. And I made audio recordings to help people. And this was way back in the day of cassettes. And I found one where I was recording and then the baby woke up. I put the baby to breast, but I spoke to the baby briefly before he started nursing. And that was all on the recording. And I know and it was so interesting to me in hindsight. Yeah, I've been doing this a long time. And then I continued to belong to study groups and training courses throughout that time period. And then when my youngest went off to college, I started teaching the Merkaba. And I had taken training for it. And I was certified by Drungalo. And that really launched me publicly because I began to follow my higher self guidance. And this is something that I teach, the higher self connection. And we can talk about that. I can walk people through a basic startup and then I can tell them where they can get the information. So my higher self told me to advertise in this national magazine called the Sedona Journal of Emergence. And so I began promoting my workshops and I was invited all over the world. And what's interesting is throughout that time period, I asked only one person to host me. You know how sometimes you have to get your friends to host you. I called my friend who no longer lived near me, but she was in North Carolina and I wanted her to host me. And she said, I love you, Maureen, and I'd love to do this for you, but I live in the Bible Belt. I don't think anybody will come. And I insisted, you know, and pushed and prodded. So finally she said yes. And then 10 days before the workshop, when it's time to buy an airline ticket, I did not have enough signups to cover my airline ticket. Again, I used my higher self-guidance to tell me what to do. And I was told, go ahead. And by the time the class started, I had 11 people. And then what's even more amazing is my friend who had been offering up all these objections. I have this little house. I have three kids. We have a dog. I don't know where we're going to put these people, blah, blah, blah. Her best friend's mother called her and said, I heard you're hosting a workshop this weekend. One of my rentals on the beach didn't sell and it sleeps 11. Would you like to use that? Oh my and gosh, I 11. Beach and say to spirit, look, if this is your way of showing me that I need to do this, I'm in. Oh, this gives me so many chills. Wow. That's yeah. beautiful. So the Merkaba has been a big focal point for you. Um, yes, it has. How did you get directed to that? I came across it in three different places. And uh, the third place was the Tai Chi Center that I was going for classes. And when I saw the poster for the Flower Black Workshop, I remember saying, all right, all right, I see it three times, I'm doing it. So I, I found the money to do it and signed up. And I was so taken with the work and it was so up my alley as a, as a teenager. In high school, I could have passed geometry without ever studying, without ever doing any homework. I did the homework because I liked doing it, but I was at the top of the class. And I knew even then that I'd been in Pythagorean's school. Yeah. 
the the sacred geometry is like mother's milk for me. And so all of the sacred geometry, which the Flower of Life is, of course, based on. And then after that workshop, then I advertised in the Sedona Journal. Probably three months later, I was told by my guides, go ahead and advertise. And it's so interesting because it was a lot of money back then for me. And I still had kids at home and I was still working my corporate job, um, but I followed my guidance. And within, and they signed a contract for a year's worth of advertising. And within, I don't know, two, four weeks, something like that, I got fired from my job and I had this contract, this obligation. And I thought spirit knew what it was doing, forcing me to sign up for advertising so I would be covered. Yeah. So, you know, everything that I did absolutely opened up space. And it's partly because I was willing to follow my higher self. And there were a lot of times that my higher self was told me to do something that I thought was really dumb or really inappropriate. And I'd double check and the answer would, so we'd go ahead and do that. And I would, and for sure it would pay off. And there's a whole lot of information on the higher self, but it is such a simple technique. And I've taught this to thousands and thousands of people. This is, um, without sounding like I'm bragging, far superior to anybody else's way of teaching you to connect with your higher self because it's a logical left brain way of doing it, of learning it. And it gives you accuracy that nobody else can give you. You don't have to trust it. You know, what's the difference between trusting and knowing? You trust that I'm going to show up for our show, but you know, the sun's going to come up tomorrow. I love that. So you mentioned that you can talk a little bit about that, about how to connect with the higher self. Would you like to do that? Sure. What I'd like to do is ask everyone to do a quick meditation, maybe three minutes. So put your feet flat on your on the floor and close your eyes if you can. Please don't do this if you're driving or running equipment. And allow yourself to get centered in your heart. And one of the ways to do that is to think of a baby or a pet that you've held in your arms and have said to that little one, I love you. And then send a beam of love and light up your pranic tube. That's the tube in front of your spine, activating your third chakra, your third eye, your crown, all the way up to the eighth chakra, where the portal to your higher self is. And then invite your higher self to join you in your heart. So you might say something like, higher self, please join me in my heart. Now with your higher self in your heart with you, ask your higher self to show you a symbol or symbol for yes. Some people actually hear the word yes. A lot of people feel tingles in the body, maybe in the ear or in the arm or the hand. Some people see a color or a shape. Again, higher self, show me my symbol for yes. And then, thank you. Higher self, show me my symbol or signal for no. Once again, it could be a different itchy part of the body or a color or a shape. One lady had a thumbs up for yes and a thumbs down for no in her imagery. Some people hear the word, so you might hear the word no. Again, higher self, show me my signal for no. Higher self, show me my symbol or signal for neutral. For most people, it's a centering in the center of the body. It often feels like it's a big empty. 
and it feels empty as you put your attention on that signal, it's probably good. Fire yourself, once again, show me my symbol or for neutral. Thank you. Now open your eyes and write it down. And write down what you got for yes and what you got for no. It's always interesting what people get. One man got red beating heart for yes. And normally we think of yes as not being red. We think of red as a stop sign. That was interesting. And then his no was green M&Ms which is a shorthand for showing affection or desire. So the whole thing was quite hilarious. And we write these down because we might forget or we might turn them around. And then for 45 days, you ask unimportant, insignificant questions that are about actions you will take. And you do it in a very precise way. Higher self, is it in my highest and best good to wear this blue shirt? Like that. Higher self isn't my highest and best good to read from this book. Higher self, is it if I'm to read from this book, should I start at the beginning or can I just pick a random page? And you go on and on. And each time you ask, is it in my highest and best good? Because what you're doing is you're training your consciousness to recognize that symbol from your higher self. And you're asking about things you don't care about so you can receive a yes or a no easily. We tend to think of things we want to do and then ask. And that's not a good idea. If you want to have a cookie, go eat the cookie, enjoy. If you're after a cup of coffee, go have the coffee. Don't ask. If you don't care whether you put cream in it, then ask. You see? You do this for 40, you do it 40 or 50 times a day and you do it for 45 days. So if you're listening to this on a particular day and it might be close to the first of the month, then what you might do is project out to the middle of the month after. That would be 45 days. But know ahead of time what your day is because it's so much easier to remember to do a practice. If you know going forward, I know when I'm going to end. You know, if somebody says, can you hop on one foot for 20 minutes every day? You might say, yeah, but for how many days? So it's the same idea. You just do this practice. You fit it in when you're making decisions. And if you're kind of person that you know, you can't think of any decisions. That means you're controlling and that's okay. We're all a little bit controlling, but then make a list of what you are willing to work with because you can't think of anything off the top of your head. You always wear this jewelry with this top. And so you don't want to change. So the best story I have from all this is one day a woman came to class after we had learned how to do this and another one was staring at her, giving her a funny look. And she said, don't even ask. My higher self dressed me today. <laughs> so you have to be willing to play. You have to be willing to not care. And um, <laughs> so it's very useful. And for 45 days, all you're doing is playing. And all you're doing is allowing your higher self to convey a message to you. Now, what happens is many of the questions that you ask about turn out exceptionally well. You ask your higher self, is it my highest best good to go to this restaurant? No. Is it, what about this restaurant? Yes. You go to this restaurant and you think, really, it's pizza. I don't really eat pizza, but it turns out they have a great salad bar and you run into a friend you've been looking for. So cool things like that start to happen. Hire yourself, is it my highest best good to take this route to work? Yes. It's, I think it's a little longer. Are you sure? Yes. 
And you find out later that your regular route had an accident and you would have been held up. So all kinds of wonderful things occur as a result of your playing at asking your higher self. And you make a little contract with your higher self that I'm willing to do this for 45 days from now until the date you name. And all of this information is on my free app. So when you go to the wisdom section, now that you have your symbols or signals, you can just look it up. And the app is called Illuminate, and it's for Android or iPhone. So if you have one of those two kinds of phone, then you can download it. And it will give you the three rules. And the first rule we've just discussed, 40 times a day for 45 days. So it's 40-45 rule. And then the second rule is always follow through. So if you really got a hankering for a cup of tea, don't ask. Just have the tea. You must always follow through. If you say, hire yourself, is it my highest best good to have this cup of tea? And you get no, then you have a couple of choices. Hire yourself, is it my highest best good to have coffee? No. Hire yourself, is it my highest best good to have water? Yes. Okay, fine. You have water. And the third rule is set aside all your other divination tools. So you don't use your pendulum, you don't use your muscle testing or your finger testing. You set all that aside. And my comment about that is there's nothing wrong with those tools. They're perfectly good and they actually might help you get better at your higher self work. But when you're in your practice period of 45 days, you don't want to be tempted to check to see if your higher self was right. Because the minute you want to check to see if your higher self was right, you've made it important. And since you're not supposed to be asking any important questions, it's kind of like a circular kind of a thing. So you just have to decide or choose. I'm going to follow. If I ask, I'm going to follow. And every once in a while, you're subconsciously so used to asking, you'll ask about something that you really wanted. And then you go, oh, man, yeah. I really wanted. <laughs> so does this help you or help a person to get make that connection more a little bit more i want to say tangible but i know that's not quite the right word but with their higher self no, I think because it's a good word tangible because, is a good, because the practice is so linear mm -hmm. and i have all kinds of explanations um, on why this works but for example how do we make decisions normally we check with our friends we look it up on the internet we check the consumer reports and we make a decision. Okay, this is the best car, for example. But then when you narrow it down to the last two and you check in and you're told to take the one you didn't think you were going to take, that is a true guidance. And I've had so many examples. One time when I was still working in the corporate world, one of my jobs was PR for the agency, the nonprofit. And I was trying to get our story in the newspaper. And the newspaper reporter wasn't at his desk. And I could only work with one guy because that was his beat, so to speak. And so I tried a couple of times all day long and couldn't get through. And then at five minutes till five, my guides came in and said, you need to call the reporter. And I said, no, I'm not calling the reporter. It's five till five. I've got kids at home. I'm hungry. Call the reporter. No, it's five till five. And there's a lot to do. And I'm trying to wrap up here. Call the guy. So I did. I always tell people, if you're, if you're arguing with your higher self about whether or not to do something, your higher self's come in, giving you a piece of information and telling you to take an action. And you say no, you can, but you say no two times. On the third no, it's like, okay, I'm, I'll do it. I'll do it. So I pick up the phone and the reporter answers. And he says to me, Maureen, 
how could you possibly know I would be here at this time? All I could do was laugh because I didn't know. My guides, you know, my higher self came in and told me. But that's not the best part. The best part is my story made the front page of that morning newspaper the next day. Wow. Above the announcement that the Pope was coming to town. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> wow. That's incredible. That's amazing. I wonder, too, like when I because I was following when you were guiding that meditation and and I've been reading your book Beyond the Flower of Life. Um, and I literally just last night was was reading exactly what you were just talking about. So I'm like chapters four and five really have the big detail on that. Yes, it's very step by step. It's great. Um, but I'm still getting used to what my yes, my no, my neutral are. And um, there seems to be there's. Because I, it's almost like I get whispers of it, like visual whispers. So for me, it's not so like, oh, that's a very clear pyramid that I'm seeing. It's like, oh, I kind of feel like I had a flash of a pyramid and then a flash of like a gavel coming down. That was my other one. But it wasn't like a, it wasn't even like as clear as a dream would be. So that's mm -hmm. where I'm like, is, does it help? Everybody to goes through that. Everybody yeah. goes through that. And everybody, Kara, everybody doubts what they get as a symbol or signal. There's no question in my mind. And what we have in front of us then is the opportunity to say, okay, if the gavel is my yes signal or my no signal, whatever it might be, that's why I ask people to write it down. Because the first one they get is the one that they should be using. Now, occasionally people will get another symbol, a secondary symbol for yes or no. And when that happens, Again, you can say to your higher self, am I to change my symbol from the gavel to, what was the other symbol you used? A pyramid. Pyramid. Am I to use a pyramid as my yes symbol? Because there can be interference. So you really want to settle down with one symbol. And it will be, it can be faint. It's very likely it will be faint. There's a funny story about a woman in one of my classes who had an itchy ear for yes. And she told her body, calm down. I'm waiting for my signal. And then her toes started to itch. And again, she tells herself, calm down. We're waiting for the signal. And then her whole body starts to itch. And she said, all right, all right, all right. I'll take, I'll take the itchy ear. The ear. You know, that's hilarious because for the no, I was just taking in like, okay, any input that I was getting. So I had gavel coming down. That was kind of what I saw in my mind's eye. And then I put in parentheses, itchy left ear, because I also had an itchy ear. And I thought, I don't know if that's a response to what is my no or if my ear just itched. So I just made a note of it yeah. in case it shows up again as I keep using this. Well, and you can also say, higher self, show me my yes symbol again. Show me my no symbol again. And in fact, for people whose answers are muddy and they just feel uncomfortable with what they're getting, or they feel it's not, I'll use the word loud enough, not emphasis enough, I'll say, well, just ask ahead of time. So you're going to ask about some food you want to eat, but you start out by saying, hi, yourself, show me my yes signal, show me my no signal, show me my neutral. Okay, you've now cleared the field. And then you can ask the question. Okay. All right. It's so fun. I mean, how amazing is that to have this direct line of communication to our higher self? Not only that, but 
Um, I've had people who asked me about passing their certification exam where they were um, getting certified as a therapist. And the woman said, oh, should I take my exam in December or should I take it in February? And that maybe it was this time of year in the fall. And the record keeper said, you could pass your test right now. Take it whenever you want. And she said, how is that possible? I haven't studied. I haven't crammed. Do we have to cram for this thing? And her higher self said, ask your higher self on the questions you don't know the answer. And she said, is that legal? <laughs> and the record keeper said to her, if you were in a crisis and you had your choice of medications that you would give someone and you weren't sure which one, would you ask your higher self? And she said, yeah. And they said, this is no different. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. And it's so logical. You know, it's like, because if the whole point is, oh, you've got this divine guidance you can tap into, are you going to use it? Are you willing to use it? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, good. I use it in the kitchen. Lots of my friends who know how to do this, they'll say, oh, yeah, we go in the kitchen and just ask yourself, how many dashes of this or how much pasta, whatever. It's yeah. wonderful. Oh, it's amazing. Thank you for sharing that with us. That's so valuable. So we talked a little bit about the Merkaba. Let, can I probably leaped ahead because I would imagine there might be some people who are listening who don't know what that even is. So can we just lay some foundation about what we're talking about? <laughs> yes. So the Merkaba is the shape that's behind me here. And I have a smaller one here that you can see. It, this one's black, so maybe it's not as easy to see. Put it in front of my face. And this is called a Merkaba, but it's not really a Merkaba. This is a star tetrahedron. I like to say it's not a Merkaba until you get it turned on and spinning. And the true Merkaba has three of these, and they spin in opposing directions, and then one remains stationary. So it's a shape you activate around your body. Everyone has this shape, but not everyone knows how to use it. So when someone says, oh, we're only using 10% of your brain, you have more brain cells you could use, but you don't know how to use them, so you don't. It's a little bit like that. So it takes about, I don't know, maybe eight or 10 hours to learn it over the course of a workshop. And then it takes five minutes to do. So it is very easy to fit into your schedule. And what happens is it makes you your fifth dimensional self. I like to say without having earned it. You know, we all want to aspire to being better people. And that being better people means that we're non-judgmental and we're full of unconditional love. But this particular tool, when you do this meditation every day, even when you intend it to say something mean, you open your mouth and something sweet comes out. It's an absolute riot. Oh, wonderful. So it's a tool that you awesome. use in meditation when you say it, it takes is, five minutes? I mean, it's not a tool you use in meditation. It is a tool and you use meditation to activate it. Okay. Everybody has these fields around us and they are as big as we are. So even the shape behind me here isn't big enough. My star tetrahedron, my macabre is um, a hand length above my head and a hand length below my feet. So the aspect of me that's inside of it is like, this is where my head is. Mm -hmm. And we stay in that shape for about 48 hours. So 
we recommend people do the meditation every day to invigorate it. And uh, then if we skip it, we have, we have a program in it uh, announce that it will remind us to do it before it goes in active. Yeah. Mm, okay. And I understand that there are somewhat of different methods to activate the Merkaba. So um, can you talk a little bit about the variations? Well, I can't talk too much about the variations in the original 17 breath Merkaba because what I know of it, I know it's using, it's not using spiritual codes. It's using authentic codes of the body. So it's using sacred geometry. It's using the physics of relationship. Some people have attempted to create macrabas by spinning the top and the bottom. That's incorrect. Some people have tried to spin it according to Kabbalistic numbers. And while Kabbalistic numbers are good and holy, they do not activate that field that is a living field around your body. And because it's a living field, it's like you have your executive assistant right there whispering in your ear like a politician. You know exactly what to do and say. And there's no, unlike a politician, there's no fluff. It's the real deal. It's the real, authentic, higher self of you. Mm, okay, so this kind of, help, does this also help to strengthen that higher self connection that we've been talking about? Yes, it does. And um, initially, I was teaching the higher self only within the Merkaba meditation. But then I, it was too good. I broke it out. It was very, very important. And, and this is this particular tool of the higher self-connection that we already talked about. I developed this and I spent seven years perfecting it. So please know that when you're doing this work, it's built on a solid foundation of many, many students who practiced it, gave me feedback, and I perfected it and distilled it down to these three easy steps. It is truly a lifesaver. I've had it save my life. Really? Yeah. One time I was driving and I was coming home late at night from between Minneapolis and uh, Madison, Wisconsin. And that's about a, I don't know, could be a five hour drive. Anyway, it was the middle of the night or late, maybe 1030. And a big semi tractor trailer passed me and my higher self came in and said, get into the slipstream. Now, I know enough about the slipstream to know that is not very nice to get into the airfoil behind the truck so that it pulls you. The truck uses more gas, you use less. And lots of people know to do this, but it's not very nice to do. So when I was told to do this, I challenged it. I knew it wasn't a good thing to do. So I said, am I to get in front of, behind this? Yes, now. Really? Yes. Now. And there was an urgency. So as we're coming up on a turnoff and I'm going to take the next freeway, I'm thinking to myself, I wonder which way this truck is going to go. And sure enough, the truck made the same turn I was going to make. So am I to stay with him? Yes. Stay with him. Then all of a sudden, the truck is in the burb of the road. So he's on the side of the road, still moving at 60 or 70 miles an hour. I'm in a slipstream going just as fast. And I ask, am I to go, am I to do this? Yes, stay with him. And another car came the wrong way, going very fast on that turnoff. Oh my gosh. So the semi had seen it. Yeah, I would never have seen it. That's exactly right. I would not have seen it. The trucker 
maybe even been alerted by some other trucker. You never know. And plus, he's sitting up higher, so he has a much bigger view. Yeah, I would never have seen it. So he saved my life. And when we came out of the turn, I asked my higher self, okay, do I still stay in a slipstream? No, you're good. Wow. Oh, that's so powerful. And so this then leads to you're having a different kind of communication with your higher self at this point, because the 45 days is a training period. That's right. Right? That's right. And, and so for 45 days, you're only asking, and you're only asking yes, no questions. And things you don't care about. That you don't care about, and they're action steps you're taking. So you don't ask, is my brother going to call? You don't ask, you know, is somebody going to want salmon for dinner tonight? You're asking, is it my highest best cook good to cook? salmon tonight. That's okay. But whatever my action steps are, and they're always just no, this is so you can perfect the communication. Then after the 45 days, as you have stated, we create a new conversation and the new conversation allows the higher self to come in and talk to you. Now, what happens as a natural evolution is you get to say, is this my higher self saying, go quit, go pull something out of the freezer right now go run to the store right now, like that. And you can say, is this my higher self telling me? Blah, blah, blah. Yes. Really? Yes. No. So you do. And once you get in the habit of always following your higher self, it's pretty amazing. It changes everything because you're in a place of confidence. Every decision you make is made with confidence. How many times have you made a decision where you really weren't confident that it was the best choice? Many. And as a parent, there were plenty of times that I did not know what to do. I was a single parent, you know, and teenage boys, they have ideas on what they could do or should do. And I would always just check in. Mm. Oh, wow. That's so powerful. So if we go, I'm still curious with the Merkaba. So this is sacred geometry. I love the topic of sacred geometry. You and I were talking a little bit before we started recording that I get confused because for a couple of years, I've been aware that there's like another camp. So oh, there's like the traditional sacred geometry. It's the platonic solids and Metatron's cube, the flower of life and so forth. And then there's another camp that talks about that these these sacred geometries have been hijacked and they call the flower of life the flower of death. And there's a lot of teaching around that. And a lot of it is focusing on something called the Christic spiral. I think that one's instead of the tree of life, if I'm not mistaken. But I find it really muddies the waters in terms mm -hmm. of like, is this, are these sacred geometries, geometries really in our highest good? Can well, you talk about that? Yeah. I will. The thing that a lot of people don't realize is they look at the sacred geomet geometry and they think it's two-dimensional. Like this shape here, I don't know if you can see, it's all spirals. And it's meant to um, show the, oh, I know, I have a bigger one behind me. It's meant to show the idea of the torus around the body, you see. But it's a two-dimensional model, and it shows the field coming into the center and going back up. So it, it, part of what they're telling you is accurate. And certainly we are moving through time and space in a spiral from a 3D vantage point using the two, 2D model, you know, right, wrong, good, and bad. We see it slightly different. 
So you can see how that they can take what is valid and true and then say that what came before it is not. And when I will look at that and say, it's an evolution of knowledge, and it's not that this that the flower of life is a symbol that's um, deleterious or bad for you. It's that the flower of life symbol is a three-dimensional space or figure. It is not just a star, two stars that are nested like the Jewish symbol. And so when you start to look at this, and you remember I said this is alive and it's spinning in both directions. There's three of these guys and the third one doesn't move, it's stable. So you start to begin to realize that maybe some of what they're saying is valid, but we don't have to negate what came before because that's where we were as a society. I often say that our spirituality has not kept up with our technology. So the actual symbols that are in the sacred geometry are valid, and it's all based on sacred geometry and this whole idea of this relationship called phi, P-H-I, 1.618. And I have this tool called caliper, and as it expands, it continues to show that golden ratio, and that's another name for it. As I was demonstrating before, you could mark the length of the fingers from the little finger to the base of the hand, and then it shows exactly where that bone is. Or if you put hold it up to the face, it's pretty much the same length. It's slightly bigger in the face, but it marks where your third eye is. If you expand it even more and put the elbow at the base, you can, let me fix this. So it's the nice thing about this guy. Let's me adjust it and it stays in place here. Yeah. So this show that sacred geometry of the body and this relationship is even in the DNA. And DNA is so tiny that it's measured in angstroms. And one angstrom is one, one billionth of a meter. And so it's like zero, it's like to the negative tenth power. It's that tiny. And yet we find the relationship of phi in one of the very well-known measurements of the DNA spiral, that the short and the long version are exactly 21 angstroms to 34 angstroms. And that is two numbers on the Fibonacci sequence. And the higher you go on the Fibonacci sequence, the closer that ratio gets to 1.618. So this whole thing is like, you, everywhere you look, you can find it. But you, and you want to see that it's in all living things. Plants, they have their next stem in a phi ratio to each other. It just so happens that it allows for the maximum amount of light. So the thing that's so amazing is it's always phi. It's always phi. And once you realize that, then, I mean, I have friends who are stock market traders. And what do they use to know when to trade? Phi. Really? Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. I wrote about it in the book, Be a Genie. And I really get into the sacred geometry in that very first book. So the sacred geometry, when people say that the flower of life is uh, the flower of death, they're really perverting what is known, and they've been hijacked somehow. The fact of the matter is the flower of life is not a 2D model, but a 3D model, you see? So that's part of the drama. 
And as we become more aware of what's possible, that evolution continues to grow and change. So I look upon some of that information with amusement. And I think that I know for a fact, for example, the flower of life or the sumo behind you carry the ability to open your heart. So people who wear that as a pendant helps them keep their heart open. Yeah, it's a very curious thing. But, you know, we are in a matrix. You know, that whole business is a matrix is somewhat true. And when we die, we are pulled to reincarnate. And so you don't get as much free will. And that's what they were talking about, too. So giving you a little bit of truth, and their, their explanation is a little bit twisted, I think. So the way we get out of that matrix is to know ahead of time we don't want to reincarnate and to know ahead of time that the people that come to greet us are holograms. They're not the real people and they are meant to convince us of a certain thing. For what purpose do you think? The purpose is because humans create loose and it slows down our reincarnation. So it provides fuel for those who are pushing that agenda. And if our reincarnation is slow, then it allows for their existence to last longer here. So like dark entities that are feeding off of human, human energy. Hmm. Yeah, and I wrote a lot about that. I don't get into who they are, because to me it's not important. It's in this book called Reweaving the Fabric of Your Reality. And to me, it's not important who they are. What is important is to understand this is a trap. So, for example, if, you, if you're learning to drive and you go down a muddy road and there's ruts in the road and the driver's ed teacher says, no, try and stay out of the ruts, you don't say to the teacher, who put the ruts there? Why are they there? The other road doesn't have them. How come I, you know, none of that comes up. You just learn to avoid it. And that's my statement to everyone. Don't judge it. Don't get angry over it. Don't. Look at it as the bad guys versus the good guys. Instead, say, I'm on this trajectory, and that's what I'm saying, period. I love that. I love it. So I know that you've been granted a remarkable gift of being granted access to a special dimension that was closed to humanity for a very long time. Can you talk to us a bit about that? Mm -hmm. Yes. So what that means is that I have access to information and I have a direct contact contract with source. And at one point, um, in a little more, a little more ego-based day, I asked, uh, so am I the only one who has access? And I was told, no, but you will be the resource for many and teach many. And so I was like, oh, I'm not so special. <laughs> it's pretty special. <laughs> So anyway, I believe that one of those gifts has to do with being able to understand what's going on in the Akashic Records and to help people gain the gift of getting into the records. And the big benefit of being in the Akashic Records is that you get wisdom. And wisdom allows you to make better decisions. When you're a teenager and your parents want to give you advice, you don't want it because you want to prove you can learn it yourself. But after you've reached a certain age, somebody says, I know all about cameras. Do you want me to help you pick out that camera you're looking at? You're going to say, yeah, I don't, it's going to save me from making a big mistake. So the wisdom channel of the Akashic Records is profound. 
And then the other part that happens when you ask a question in the records is they always tell you why and what to do about it, which is very interesting. So they don't just answer your question. They tell you what and they tell you why. And I'll give you an example. In the Akashic Records, a man asked about his daughter who was an adult but wasn't treating him very well. And he was a, a TM meditator and he practiced this tool and he was a good father. And he really was bothered by the fact that his daughter didn't treat him well. And he asked, you know, why was this? And the record keepers right away said, when in a previous lifetime, you guys were arch enemies. And she still thinks you are her enemy. That's the reason. Okay. And then they did the why. You went on and became more spiritual and grew in your spiritual awakening. And she did not. And you agreed to sponsor her in this lifetime. That's the why. And then the, what should I do about it? They said, act as if she already is the loving daughter you seek. And then they said, it may take a few years, but she will come around. Wow. Yeah. And so is this you helping other people to access the Akashic Records themselves or are, are people working with you? Like in the- Yeah, in that particular example, I was being interviewed on a radio show and it was a call-in. Oh. What I do with the Akashic Records International is we train people. We bring them along as far as helping them to open their own records. And then if they want to continue, most people do. They want to open the records for others. They can do that. And then, then we also offer continued training in the form of monthly gatherings. And the people who are invited to those meetings are the people who have chosen to be part of our network. And they get certified, and then they get in our network. And then they get business from all over the world because my work is known all over. Wow. That's remarkable. So that was the kind of special dispensation that you were granted was the access to that and to help other people to access that. Right. Wow. Right. That's so beautiful. Yeah. And some people might say, why was access granted at this time? And the answer is we're at the end of the age. We're at the end of the Kali Yuga. We're transforming our humanity into spirituality. And so it's time. We need a few shortcuts. And this is one of them. Yeah. So can you tell us how people can find out more about your work? Okay. So my books are all available on Amazon. And they're also available on the Inner Traditions Bookstore. That's my publisher. And of course, on our website. And we have many guided meditations. They're also available on our free app called Illuminate, I-L-L-U-M-I-N-A-T-E. And if it doesn't come up right away, then just type in Maureen and it'll jump right up. It's a little purple box with a golden arrow, easy to find. And there's lots of information on the Wisdom Channel, including how to do the higher self-connection. And then there's six free meditations. If you like the work, you can subscribe and get more information. Our website is stgermainmysteryschool.com. On our website, we have lots of training classes that you can take on your own time. Plus, we also have live Zoom classes that we teach on various subjects. You want to check those out. Clearing work, the Akashic Records, and many other tools. And it's, the list is growing daily. Beautiful. 
I can't thank you enough for coming on the show today, Maureen. Thank you so much. Thank you for this great big light that you are and that you offer to everybody. It's been really thank an honor. You. And thank you for reading the book. It's so helpful when you get read the book and you can follow along and ask questions that are really meaningful for everyone. Thank you. Oh, my pleasure. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'd love to ask you for one quick favor, and that's to share this episode with one person who you think will benefit from it. Let them know you're thinking about them by sharing this episode with them right now. Thank you, and I look forward to the next meditation conversation.